prayed for revival. You've read about reformation. It's time to start a revolution. God's business revolution is starting now. Join us as we talk about God using business owners, entrepreneurs, and marketplace leaders. Let's talk about God using you. Welcome to God's business revolution. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Now, back to founding partner of the Samurai Business Group and Marketplace veteran, Bob Lambert. Hey, we're back here, and again, as I said before, we got our special guest in studio today, Paul McGinnis, all the way from Texas. And Paul is a first half career was filled with a variety of roles in marketing, sales, and operations. So we got another Marketplace veteran here, folks. He worked with, uh, for a large nonprofit financial institution as well as Fortune 250 companies where he led the marketing efforts in one of the fastest, uh, their fastest-growing divisions. Uh, as he climbed the corporate ladder, God began tugging on his heart, saying he had, to, he had more for him than success, wealth, and a corner office. This started the incredible journey for Paul, filled with wild leaps of faith, incredible lessons of humility, and a life changing shift in his perspective. Paul heard about Halftime Institute through an alumnus and enrolled and began working with his coach. At first, this led to him becoming a certified halftime coach to help other marketplace leaders navigate their unique season of halftime successfully. But he knew God had more for him. A few months later, the opportunity came to join Halftime Institute team in full-time role. This role, plus his coaching, was the final piece of his halftime puzzle. He currently is serving as a COO at Halftime Institute, is a master certified halftime coach, and one of their leading facilitators for their fellowship program. Paul and his wife, Marianne, uh, have been married 27 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And have two grown kids, Drew and Janeka. Have you gotten grandkids yet? Two months ago, we had our first All right. grandchild. Congratulations, yeah, thank buddy. you. Awesome. Hey, Paul, listen, just so the audience knows, you, you had a quite a background. Did you grow up a Christian? I did. I grew yeah. up in a Christian home. It was mm-hmm. slightly dysfunctional in mm-hmm. some ways, but overall it was a good Christian upbringing. Okay. And so as you came through, I didn't suppose you got off the rails like some of our other guests have, you know, during a kind of a little crisis of faith, you know, through those had college a, years. Had a little bit of crisis of faith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what? starting in your career and you were out there in the marketplace, you had some pretty big jobs. Yeah, I worked. I started with uh, Guidestone Financial, which is the basically the financial arm for the Southern Baptist Convention. They do mm-hmm. all the retirement insurance programs for anything with Baptist in its name. So I started out there, had nine different positions in 10 years, wow. and then ran a Christian retreat center for a little while, a little jaunt there running your own company, mm-hmm. and then um, started with um, a company in the food safety sector. Uh-huh. And as soon as I came on on their executive team, six months later, we were acquired by Ecolab, big chemical company <laughs> yep. based in St. Paul, Minnesota. So Great. went from a small private company to a huge publicly held company and uh, just rode that for a little while. Really enjoyed it. Great company. And uh, so that's kind of my background prior to halftime. Yeah. So help me understand that. What really intrigued you about getting into halftime? You know, I think, uh, you know, Tim mentioned it earlier. So many people have a crisis of calling. Mm. And so, so many people get to what we call this season of halftime where, you know, everything you've done or won or own seems to matter less. It's not that it matter, doesn't matter anymore, but you get to this point in, we'll call it, quote unquote, midlife, whatever mm-hmm. that might mean, where it just matters less. And usually that's triggered by certain events. It might be divorce. It might be a bad health report. It might be the sell of your business or whatever. 
and they're just asking what is next. And that's really for me. There was a series of events in my life that just triggered a lot of questions in my life. And one of them is, life is short. What am I doing with my life, and what kind of impact am I making? Yeah, and Bob Berg, you know, the author of the book, actually started halftime, uh, which you just lost your founder here a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah, and uh, and what a great life he had. But it, pretty much that's how he shaped this whole thing, right? Halftime, because he had a crisis in his family. Exactly. He, um, yeah, he passed away six weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he lost his son mm-hmm. um, when he was twenty-four. When his son was twenty-four, and he was a very successful businessman in the marketplace, and he got to this time, and that was kind of the triggering event which caused him to reflect. It's a perfect metaphor, halftime, just the, like the athletes, right? If mm-hmm. The halftime of a Bulls game or a Bears game is the athletes will go in, and their first reason is to rest, but their second reason is the coach uses it very efficiently to say, how do we play in the first half? What can we change? What adjustments can we make so that we can play better in the second half? And so that's really what Bob wrote the book, Halftime, in 1995, to explain this transition in midlife that many, many people go through. Yeah, and I read the, all three of his books. And in, in finishing well, I probably knew a half a dozen guys that were in yeah. there, which is great to see how these folks were, became equipped and encouraged through the whole process. Well, why don't you tell the, the listeners, what is Halftime in the Institute, and what, what can somebody expect with this whole thing? Yeah, so when he started, he wrote the book, and he started speaking on it. Everybody wanted to know a little bit more. And so he finally said, I got to start an organization. Started the Halftime Institute in 1998, and it just started as a two day workshop. And then, as we learned, um, we now have a full year long program of filled with coaching. So we have executive coaches all over the U.S., as well as we put you in a cohort of successful, high capacity leaders, Christian leaders that can that are all in the season of halftime so that you can relate on a success level, but you can also relate to, due to the unique season of life you have. And then you go through some really creative content for a year that helps you navigate this really emotional, chaotic, exciting. It's kind of I experienced every emotion and our clients do in this season of life. What did that do for you when you went through this? Because obviously you got on fire for this thing. So what, what did that do for you? You know, for me, I felt like I had I had poured a thousand piece puzzle on the table. And I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but you do it and you're just like, what have I done? Do I really have enough time to do this puzzle? Is my table big enough? There's all these questions, you know. And I was just, I felt like I was looking at a piece at a time, just going, I wonder where this fits into my life. Well, you don't work a puzzle like that. And so halftime gave me a framework of starting with the edges in the corners, putting the rest in the box, and beginning to frame up what is God calling to me next, for me to do next? What what is my core, at my core, how am I uniquely designed? What are my gifts? What am I passionate about? Which is a real struggle for me. And then you can begin figuring out what that looks like next. And that's really what it helped me is I needed a framework to navigate through this because many of the clients that we work with, they're incredibly smart business people. They've solved complex problems all their life. But when they get to this season of life and it's a complex problem about what's going on in their heart, they tend to struggle. Yeah, you, you mentioned something about passion, you know, that you that was a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. Help me understand that. Why was that a struggle for you? You know, I think I knew fairly well when I went through the program what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. You know, I've had so many performance appraisals and successes and failures and everything. But I remember my coach when he said, hey, we're going to work on really who you are. And I kind of rolled my eyes. It was over the phone, so he couldn't see me. And uh, he said a quote to me by Howard Thurman that stuck with me. And Howard Thurman said, don't go find out what the world needs and go do that. Find out what makes you come alive and go do that because what the world needs is more men and women that are fully alive. And I had no idea what I was passionate about. And so that's what we worked on because if you infuse strengths and experience with what you're passionate about coupled with what God is calling you to do, 
you're going to be very successful and very impactful. Wow. That sounds like our previous guest here, Tim, was uh, pretty passionate, wasn't he? Huh? It does. He hasn't even been through halftime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the what lights you up with this work that you're doing now? What really excites you? Moving people from point A to point B. Uh, when people come to us, they're stuck. And it's very common. I believe everybody goes through a season of halftime, not just high-capacity leaders, but everybody. And so just seeing people that come, it's the, I think it's the coach's heart in me. is somebody that's stuck, that has incredible potential, but they're stuck. So to be able to walk them through a process and just listen to their heart, and it's a head and a heart journey, and be able to come alongside them and really minister to them during this time so that they can navigate it successfully. So they realize this is a prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a midlife crisis. This is something God is calling you to do. Give us a story about one of these folks that have gone through it and then what happened on the outside of that, what the outcome was. Yeah, one of my clients was a partner at a law firm in Calgary. And he was a, um, I wouldn't say typical, but this is common, is somebody that he worked to get partner, which was the goal, and worked really hard and on the way, sacrificed his family and the relationship with his kids, gets to this midlife, which was triggered by a divorce. And uh, he just knew that God wasn't going to call him to be a lawyer because, like, that was an evil thing. And maybe we can think sometimes that is an evil thing. But for the most part, he was like, we went through uh, our coaching. And one day he called me and he said, you know what? I'm a really good lawyer. And God has given me this platform for a reason. And so he said, okay, so what does that mean? And so he answered two questions. He said, one is how much is enough? He was making, you know, a certain amount of money. He said, but I only need this amount of money. And so he said, so what I want to do is every billable hour over that amount, I want to give it to a young lawyer that just joined the firm with the requirement that I get to mentor them for a year. Mm. Well, they jumped on that because they're getting a mentor with a partner. And so he would mentor them, started out on law, then it moved into personal life and marriage and parenting because he didn't want to have them make the same mistakes he did. Wow. So God kept him right where he was. He used the platform to be Christ right there in the marketplace and is making a, tr- a tremendous impact. Yeah, because, you know, people, especially people think ministry is going off to a foreign mission, you know, where yep. you got to be in the church serving and all that kind of thing. So that was a wonderful gift that he was given to, to have that awakening that you stay where I planted you. Yeah. You know, you got more work to do here. And by the way, what I made you go through is something now that you can help somebody else. That's a wonderful story. The majority of our clients stay right where they are. They mm-hmm. just have a mindset and a paradigm shift that, that really Tim talked about as well, saying, wait a minute, I've been given this platform, but I'm also a steward of what God has given me. So what's mm-hmm. the paradigm shift can I have to impact the kingdom right where I am? How long is the program, Paul? Uh, it's one year. One year. Mm-hmm. And so what does that year look like? Um, we have two programs. One is just one-on-one coaching. You just want to be coached through the process. It's just one-on-one. And then we have our premier program, which is the fellows program, where mm-hmm. it's a cohort. You have four events face-to-face throughout the year um, gathered from all over the United States. And then they get an executive coach as well throughout the year. And then they get on the phone every month that there's not an event to talk through it, to celebrate, to commiserate, to just go through it together. Yeah. And how many graduates have you had so far? Do you um, We're right about... 2000. 2000. Uh-huh. So how is somebody going to, if they're hearing this broadcast now, in the Chicagoland area, we have several folks that are on board, right? Like oh, this. absolutely. Yeah. So, Quite a few alumni here. So who would they get in contact with? Oh, man. I don't know if I if I can tell everybody. I know you've had a few of our alumni on your yeah. show. Scott Boyer. Yep. 
Scott and Ruth Boyer, uh, Bob Mazakowski, I yep. think, was on your show. Just saw both of them. Actually, Bob came to the, the to Bob Buford Celebration of Life Service last week, yep. so I got to see him. So that's the that's that's two people that I know I saw on your show list that, that okay. experienced. Well, I know halftime. there's some up in my hood too. But how do they get a hold of you, real quick? Halftime.org is the absolute best way. Just go to the website, look us up, and you can contact me there. Paul McGinnis, my special guest, and boy, his arms are tired. He flew all the way in from Texas. You know, hey, listen, we're going to be back with this next segment where we're going to have Paul and Tim and and Jennifer coming in to read a great piece of scripture and some inspiration day, and then get some input from these guys. But I want you to stay tuned for that. And again, Bob Lambert. Faith Marketplace Radio every Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160. We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, it's Jennifer Villarreal here. Welcome back. All right, so today's question is going to come from the book um, Proverbs for Business. And the question is, do you manage your time well each day at work? So the thought is this. On the job, we face a flood of pressures, tasks, and responsibilities every day. If we don't manage our priorities and work on first things first, we'll end up drowning in tasks that are, tasks that are urgent but not necessarily important. Before you start each day, make a list of key tasks to be accomplished. Review the list and determine if you have time to accomplish everything. Set priorities on your task and do the most important ones first. Stay focused, review your list throughout the day, and cross off each item when completed. Realize that interruptions will happen, so schedule time to answer phone calls and respond to email messages, but don't let those tasks steal your best time. Develop strategies for minimizing interruptions and distractions, and stick to your key task, and your key work will get done. Tim, Paul, what are your thoughts on this? You're deferring to me? Go ahead. Awesome. (laughs) The biggest thing that I think we need to remember is simply this, is that how do I know what's important and how do I know what's not important? Because, you know, we've seen the grid about, you know, the the four years and the grid, you know, which is the most important and the urgent and comparing those things. But how do I know? And so I encourage everybody to ask the person who knows and that's God just say hey God here's the deal here's what you've got here's what you've got for me that today I believe is this is this right is this correct is this what you have for me let me know but my day belongs to you my schedule belongs to you so you guide my day and you you lead me now if I know God's in charge of my schedule and I get stuck on the Dan Ryan I feel a lot better about getting stuck on the Dan Ryan mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to pray over our schedule is that what you're saying Tim <laughs> it's, a, it's a really it's a, it's a really good idea if you haven't got a common theme there's prayer right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you know if, if we just ask if we just ask God God put in my path who you want to put in my who you want to put in my bath do do we leave time in our day for god encounters mm-hmm. do we leave do we leave time in our day for god to show up to god to show up and god to sh- have somebody else show up that needs us or maybe we need them that's a great reminder tim i used to do that when i first started my business and i needed clients and then i would pray that but you know are we doing that consistently as we're in business so that's a great reminder paul what are your thoughts yeah, the key thing what Tim just said is leaving time in our calendars. We're not typically good at that, especially type A achievers, high capacity leaders. 
And I remember a story, I wasn't there for this, but um, John Ortberg and uh, Dallas Willard and Eugene Peterson were doing a workshop on spiritual disciplines. And at the very end, this sounds like something I would ask if I was there. They said, all right, that's all great after eight hours. What's the one thing I need to do to grow spiritually? <laughs> and they huddled up on stage for like four minutes. It was only kind of an awkward silence. And when Dallas Willard turned around, he said, ruthlessly eradicate hurry from your life. Mm. And that means a lot when those three incredible theologians think about what's the number one thing to grow in spiritually is eradicate hurry. And to me, if you teach us to number our days, if we truly understand the mindset of numbering our days, prioritization is going to come naturally because we know our time is short. Yes, that comes from Psalm ninety twelve. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Love that. And I think I picked up something there, too, with um, adding some white space on our calendar, yeah. right, for these these encounters that can come along, as Tim mentioned earlier. That's really great. What else? Any other things? You know, he he mentions here about realize that interruptions will happen. So how do we minimize these distractions and these interruptions? I don't know about – I haven't found – I mean, there are ways to minimize, but um, – Many times life just happens, <laughs> mm-hmm. and distractions are part of it. My wife and I try to live by this, and it's hard, but we mentally, I learned when I did a lot of financial counseling, you really need to live on 80 or 85% of what you make, right? We've all heard that for years. We never apply that to our time. Mm. And so we apply it to our time. We try to fill our calendars to 80 85% where we have room when people come across our path, and you don't feel so, there's no way I'm going to get to this. I got so much to do. So if you can actually do that same financial principle and apply it to your calendar, you're going to have white space. And if you don't have anything to do, you actually get to rest and yes. you actually get to refresh and you actually get to rejuvenate so that you can minister to the people that God brings into your path. Well, Bob knows that I was forced to do that because I had some health challenges over the past couple of years and I had to rest and I fought it and fought it and I didn't want to take a nap. And then finally, somebody told me, do you know how many people would love to take a nap in the middle of the day out on the hammock to top it off. So yes, to rest so we can also be renewed as well and go into God's word. Tim, anything else on that? You know, I'm reminded of one of the most common complaints I hear about church. And that complaint is that church is so jam-packed with a program that we forget to leave time for God to show up. And our days are like that. We do that at church because that's how we live our lives. They're just so jam-packed that we forget to leave time for God to show up. God, God works in the margins because God works where you, where you leave off, and you have to leave space for him to work. Mm-hmm. So the bigger margin that you leave for him to work, the more work that he can do. I love to say, if you expect God to show up and show out, if you let God show up and show out, God will show up and show out. Yes. Yeah. Really good. Good point there. And I think, you know, a lot of times we schedule around um, our business instead of making God the priority or our families, ourselves, taking care of ourselves as well. So I would recommend that people schedule that first on their calendar, then go in and schedule times of when they can meet with a client or whatnot. The other thing is I see a lot of people writing tons of lists, tons of items to work on. And I say simplify this. God is not complex, right? He doesn't want us to be so complicated every day and busy and exhausted like this. And so what are those one to three things that we can work on for that particular day? Because if we can move through that, 
then we can move on to the next thing, right? Instead of trying to work on 10 different things at 10 different times and then taking 10 months to complete that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just silliness. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that the enemy comes in to distract us, to move us away because we're here to make kingdom impact. And yes, in the marketplace as well. Do you guys agree with me on this? Yeah, I believe the enemy's biggest tactic, in my opinion, is busyness because he knows he's lost as as believers, our souls for eternity. So as, as long as he can make as a, ineffective as he can while we're here, then he's won. And I remember the screw tape letters with C.S. Lewis when he's given his advice to his young nephew, and he says, a deck of cards is just as good as murder as long as it takes them away from the light. And I think busyness and our schedule and our task is that deck of cards for us. And I think Satan just looks back and says, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That famous song that was written back in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, I believe it goes, and the Nobel, they, they will know we are Christians by our busy schedules. <laughs> no, they will know we are Christians by our love. We have to take mm. time to love. We have to take time. If you want to be a successful boss, take time to love mm-hmm. on your employees. Really do. Take Obviously, take time to love on your family. That goes without, that goes without saying. Take time to love on your neighbors, literally the person next door. If we are not motivated out of love, we're not we're not accomplishing anything. We all know we all know First uh, Corinthians thirteen, the love chapter, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's really what we're about. Yeah, so you know what? Set those priorities on your task and do the most important ones first. And remember, for kingdom impact, first. That's that's the thing here. All right. Wow. I'll tell you, I can't believe we're out of time. This thing could go on for another hour because I'm excited. And uh, listen, I hope you got some encouragement out there today, some inspiration, some equipping from two great guests uh, that we had on today, Tim Porter and Paul McGinnis. Get out there and check them out online. You got the information. We gave it to you earlier. I just want to encourage you all to really take some of this to heart today because we had some great, uh, great revelation today in the studio about some of these things that are actual practical things that you can take and put into your workday and out there in the Lord. And I think the big theme was prayer. Let's pray on this stuff. Let's take some prayer breaks. Maybe that's how we can put some margin in our time. Bob Lambert, Faith Marketplace Radio, every Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock. Come out and check us out. Also, go out and see our podcast. We'll be right back next Saturday. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com. listening and thank you for joining god's business revolution be sure to follow us on social media and online at www.godsbusinessrevolution.com